This is the moment we've all been waiting for. It's time! Presenting the champion of the world, Welcome to the Wham Bams Podcast, the show about regular people who have done extraordinary things and are nothing but self-made. I am Phil Benamino, a.k.a. your boy, Wham Bam. And if the odds are against you like they've been my whole life and you're not sure if you can make it through it, don't be afraid because you're not alone. So today's episode, we're going to talk about my journey, my trip from Italy. A lot of people want to know what happened there, what's going on. And you know what? There was nothing better to discuss than traveling and the health setbacks while you're on vacation and the things that we don't really think about when we're traveling. So, you know, when you're when you're recovering, you go through a lot of depression um, and, and, you know, you must turn that depression into determination to try to get better. It's been a big journey over the last nine weeks of my life. So you're going to hear about it in a second. So hold tight, because this first episode is everything that happened in Italy. And joining me today are my two sons. Kian Roach and Rocco Benamino. What's, What's going on, boys? How are you today? Good, good. How are you? Awesome, awesome. So some fun facts about Kian first. I want to tell you, Kian's from Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. And that's where the accent's coming from. <laughs> but uh, he does have a master's degree right here in the United States in Kennesaw State College, where he applied, um, you know, he has a uh, basically a master's in applied exercise science. He's a competitive athlete who has been involved in rugby, soccer, and track and field. Along with, along with, are you ready for this one? Handball Olympics. Come on, Ken, tell us about handball. What is this Olympic handball? Olympic handball. It's uh, it's a sport. You play with your hands. It's like a ball, probably just like a small futsal size. Handball? Yeah. No, bigger than a softball. And it's five on five. You play on a small little indoor court, and you're basically running, bouncing, and it's a pure power sport of throwing the ball into the goal. I mean, you got five on five courts, probably half the size of or size of a basketball court, but it's played in the Olympics, playing Europeans. Um, Eastern Europe is huge as well, but it's a sport that I played when I was younger and I loved it. Yeah. Awesome. Did you get any medals for that? I did. Actually, did we won, um, we won the dub or Leinster championship and I scored, was it 51 goals in six games? What? I was a beast. What? I was an absolute. You get a gold beast. medal for that? I got a gold medal back in Ireland. Yeah, nice. It's, it's, in my, it's in my bedroom still. Nice, nice. Keith currently works at Alloy Personal Training in Alpharetta. A little shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's designed to help clients between the ages of 40 and 60 years of age to regain your strength, weight loss, and the ultimate goal of building muscle. He's married to the famous music, songwriter, and singer, my daughter, Kylie Benamino. That's right, where they're expecting their first baby girl in September. So we're happy to have you here. Thanks, Ken, for showing up on this first episode. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. And also to my left is my partner in crime, Rocco Benamino. Rocco's a rising senior this year at East Forsyth High School and currently working as a technician for Cost Plus Processing this summer, while also he's starting a new journey in his life with the sport of wrestling. That's right. Rocco, how you doing, kiddo? Good. You sound a little tired there. Yeah, I just woke up. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to watch this journey, to see you, the story about you're about to build here for kids out there today of trying, afraid of trying to start something new. 
I mean, I can't tell you how many kids that I meet that are athletic and look athletic, or they say, Hey, I'd, you know, I'd like to play football. I'd like to play, you know, a sport, but they're afraid because they feel like they have never played their whole life and they don't want to go out and try it because they're afraid of getting cut. They're afraid of failure and stuff. But for you to go out and do this, your senior year, I mean, you're 17 years old and to choose one of the hardest sports. And the reason why I say that is because you know what? Wrestling, there's no hiding. It's you and somebody else on the mat. There's, there's, there's nobody. It's not a team sport. Like you go to football, there's 11 people on the field. You know, you kind of blend in baseball. There's 11 people on the field, you know, or, you know, and stuff. So, you, you know, they're team sports, basketball, team sports, wrestling. It's you against them. So what made you choose wrestling, man? Um, I kind of just liked watching the sport for a little bit, and a few of my buddies were doing it. And so I like, you know, mess around with my friends and just kind of, you know, wrestle on the mat, go for submissions, stuff like that. And I kind of, I did, I did MMA when I was a little kid. I had taken out of it. Um, but I kind of always liked being a little fighter because my dad was a really good fighter and a boxer. So I kind of picked boxing up too a little bit when I was younger. So I still have a few, like, boxing moves in me. And so I really can't, I'm not going to go out and box. So I was like, what's another alternative? And I can't fight in the UFC right now. So I like, <laughs> let me just do wrestling maybe and try it out and see. I mean, I know it's probably going to help me in the long run, but the practices are miserable, but it definitely will put me better in shape too. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, wrestling changed my life growing up because there's so many life lessons that you learn as a wrestler because you have to overcome adversity. Every single day is adversity. Every practice is adversity. Um, because I know coaches just try to break you, you know, because they're getting you ready for when you're on that mat and there's 10 seconds left and you need that point to, to win, you know, can you dig deep? Can you dig down and be able to do that and stuff? So kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. And a big shout out to, uh, Brooks, you know, you know, one of your first coaches there helping you out there and being patient, teaching you some, uh, some things. So I'm excited about the journey win or lose, man. You've already won. You know, because taking on the fact that you're willing to step on that mat with somebody else and not have the experience. Some of these kids have been wrestling since they were, you know, seven years old, six years old and, you know, wrestling their whole lives. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just tickled to death about that. I just wanted to say that for you, bud. And thanks for uh, for being here this morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I do want to remind all of our listeners, please, this is our first podcast, Wham Bam's podcast, and we ask that you subscribe to our channels. We're on YouTube. We're going to be on Spotify as well, um, but, uh, you know, we're going to be doing probably one episode a week, just so that you know, so um, don't you don't want to miss them. So before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to our major sponsor, Wham Bam's podcast is sponsored by... Cost Plus Processing. That's right. Cost Plus Processing helps business owners nationwide eliminate up to 100% of their processing fees. Find out why they are the future of merchant processing by calling 1-855-391-9190. That's right. That's 1-855-391-9190. Mention this podcast and receive a bonus offer when you call. So let's get back into the show. Now, first topic we're going to talk about today, everybody wanted to know, and I, and I got to apologize to a lot of people that reached out and called uh, me over the last nine weeks and stuff, um, went through a traumatic experience being over in Italy and stuff. It was, it was, uh, it was life. It was, you know, my life was in jeopardy 
And uh, it was the first time that I had ever been in a situation like that. And uh, we're going to discuss it today because, you know, a lot of people have been praying for me. A lot of people have reached out to me. I can't tell you how much it meant to me, uh, the amount of cards and, and, and gift baskets and, 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 and special visits. Um, you know, heck, I had, uh, you know, people come to the hospital and spent the night with me. Uh, it was just amazing. Like the, the love that was felt, it really, really, you know, helped me go, you know, keep going and stuff. But I know that uh, a lot of people want to know what happened. What happened in Italy? What happened to you, Phil? I mean, yes, I got septus. Yes, I almost died. Yes, I almost lost my arm. Um, you know, you know, but what, what, what happened? So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. So, you know, uh, obviously we, uh, had a trip to Italy. I was excited about bringing my family. It was a, it was a dream, dream trip. I've been waiting for a very, very long time to do this trip with my mother and my sister and my kids and my son-in-law. And, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate. I had a wonderful, uh, travel agent, Karen McCannon. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. She was awesome. Big shout out to Karen from CMC world travel. She was phenomenal. Um, she was our translator. She was our gatekeeper. She, she got us busted us through lines. She was our security <laughs> guard. She was a little pit bull. We love her to death. Um, we laughed. She was tough. Yeah, she was laughing. She was tough. We we laughed. We cried. We She's did it the all. The only together. one who could have dealt with the Benamino family in Italy. <laughs> Honestly, she was the only one. Like with Rocco, with you, with Nana, with Kylie, with with Pam. Like she's the only one. Like and we, Kylie and I, were in Ireland and we first went over. You guys had already got there, right. and you guys were telling a story, and we saw photos. We're like, who's this woman who's always with you guys at dinner? And I was like. I don't know, maybe it's just some Italian woman who just so happened to be in the same place at the same time or something. But no, this was your guide. And when we met her, we, we figured out why she was selected for you guys because <laughs> there was a lot of stories that came up where she kind of took over. Like when we first got there, were you guys in Tuscany? Where is it? You were in the... We, we met you first was in like the countryside, villages. And it was like that hill, that hilly little um, town. Oh, like with the... Oh. All the little stores and the coffee stores. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. We were yeah. over in Florence. We were over in Florence. Just over Florence. Yeah, we were over Florence. Yeah, because we met you guys on a tour already. And she was like, all right, let's go to the cafe. Let's get coffees. Let's get croissants. Let's get bagels, everything. And she just starts demanding stuff, pushing people out of the way. All the Italians looking at us like, what the hell are these Americans doing over here? But she bossed it. She was like incredible. And so from that first day we met, I was like, all right. She's our savior for this trip. She really was. <laughs> she was savior for Rocco. Rocco, what was your experience? Jesus. Um, I don't know. It, it, it would have been interesting if I didn't have her because I sure as hell can't speak Italian. I can't listen to anyone. Um, you can't listen to anyone. You, you can't take no for an answer. So it's kind of like, thank God we had it. And we're so damn picky when we're going to go eat and stuff. So we like... Every every meal we had was just like not on the menu. Like you know, it's so it. funny though. You really you really turned the way you felt about her because at first you're like, "Who's this woman with us?" Oh, I mean, I was definitely confused. <laughs> yeah, I was confused for why like, is she sitting eating with us? Why is she with us everywhere? Like this woman <laughs> just shows up. Yeah, I, I, I was. But then after your first meal that you wanted and you ordered and it came to perfection. Yeah, you were like. Oh damn, Dad! We'd have been screwed if we didn't have her. Yeah, whatever. It took thirty minutes just to order my min my meal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it should not take that long. 
So anyways, man, we're over in Italy and we started, we went to Venice. We had a beautiful, gorgeous time. You know, my mom just smiles ear to ear, just having, it was just, just beautiful, just fantastic. My sisters, my sister was there, Sharon, it was, it was unbelievable. Just having a great time. Went down to Florence, did a cooking class and everything else. Um, you know, that was really cool and fun. Many wineries, you know, drinking the wine and having a good, Oh, that first winery. Oh, the first winery. I know. Yeah. When we got there, that was, that was probably what set off the old vertigo. The No, I couldn't have. There is a photo though. It's you and I, we sat and there's, there's probably what? 35 glasses in front of us yeah because you remember that time you know kylie wasn't drinking her wine and nana Nana wasn't drinking hers i wasn't feeling well rocco really wasn't drinking drinking his although kids in italy they're drinking at six years old there like it's no big deal for them so so but when we sat down there's what 10 glasses in front of each person oh yeah i mean you and then we were just like all right we're not letting this wine go we're not we're not coming all the way to italy and let (laughs) wine go to waste table in front of us and then the food oh Unbelievable. Well, that was the place where we made the pasta. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We made that was it. Then the pasta we, making. And then class. we got to eat it. No, because remember when? And this is another shout. So we out made to like Karan. three different kinds. We yeah. made like three different kinds. Well, we ate them all. But shout out to Karan because when we got there, they were going to put us outside in this like little like kiosk like van yeah, thing that they traveled around. It was cold, wasn't it? Yeah. And she goes, "No, absolutely not. Take me into the kitchen." <laughs> we went into the kitchen where they were preparing for like this full banquet of people, and we just pulled up a chair and like they pulled the table in. They were working behind us. Like we were tasting food that was going out. And then the guy was like, all right, we're doing pasta in here. Then you guys are in the kitchen. You guys must be important. And then it became like, oh yeah, no, this is who we are. So it was, that was a cool experience. Rocco made fettuccine. Yeah. El Frito. Got to make his favorite. From scratch. And it was good. It was. Yeah. But yeah, man, we down that, uh, down that wine, everything else and uh, made our way down to the Amalfi coast and over to Capri and, you know that was absolutely gorgeous. Rock, what do you think about the boat? The you know the boats and stuff and the drivers. I, I mean, it still kind of blows my mind. I I mean, like the entire time, I wanted as bad as it may sound, I wanted someone to hit someone. I just <laughs> wanted someone to run into something, hit a wall, hit something. But no, that it just it wasn't gonna happen. I don't know why. Controlled chaos, right? Yeah. I mean, they can drive a boat better with their eyes closed going backwards, and I can with my eyes open going forwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bizarre. They made it Weird. some tight tunnel. You know, we went into some caves and some tunnels, oh, and yeah. they were getting into some tight areas. And we were like, "There's no way we're going to drive through there." And sure as heck, he found a way, man. Yeah, the pizza guy. The pizza guy the was pizza the boat guy. guy. While while drinking some wine, he was mm-hmm. single arm with the with the motor, just no problem. I was fine. Uh, yeah, and he was giving the tour. Look, I'm getting all excited again, man. Yeah, going back into there, being there on that. That was a good good day, good yeah. time, up until. We got up to Sorrento. <laughs> Sorrento is where things started going downhill. And this, keep in mind, is, you know, we're about three and a half hours, three hours from Rome still. So we're staying the night in Sorrento. Then we're heading to Rome. We're going to be in Rome for Italy, to the Vatican, and all that good stuff. And we we're for Easter. We were all super excited and everything. And that morning we woke up, and my Irish son decided <laughs> we're going to do something. Well, yeah, like I mean, I've said it before. Any country you go to, if you're near the coast, get in the water. Just, just always get in the water. It's that memento that you have. Always bring back. Like, I can safely say I've been in the coast on the west coast of America. Been in any ocean that I've been near. The coldest I've ever been was in the Baltic on the <clears throat> north of Poland. That was cold. 
then Ireland, and then of course Italy comes up. I'm like, guys, we gotta go. I'm not gonna go by myself. And you know, you, you know, your boy Webb here isn't gonna turn anything oh. down. You, you, know? you love a good ice I, bath. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was, I'm fine with the Florida beach ocean. Um, <laughs> you know, it's relaxing, nice. You get to see nice fish. You know, there's women there, but nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> what is about uh, 40 degrees? The water would be my guess. Getting stared at by own men while I was getting in the ocean, freezing my ass off. Because they all thought we were crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, what are these crazy Americans doing? Yeah. Yep. They didn't realize that the the uh, Irishman is the one that he was got the ringleader. Yeah. He was the ringleader. <laughs> he's, of the, the he's the real crazy one. So we started off our journey that morning, um, getting into the sea and taking a dip in the, the Mediterranean Sea. And it was uh, quite cold, but it was fun. It was relaxing for me with my knee and all the walking we were doing. It actually was uh, it was like cryotherapy to me, yeah. man. It was it was pretty pretty nice. It was good. But, you know, after that we had to walk about six hundred feet high <laughs> <Yeah>. up, <laughs> up a side of a, a cliff, a, a cliff with <laughs> steps and stuff, which was absolutely gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but I think one of my my funniest and and me- memories of that journey walking up with my two boys was Rocco huffing and puffing <laughs> and going, "Stop! Let's just enjoy the beautiful sight." <laughs> I was tired, bro. I, I was tired. I was cold. My feet hurt. I was like, you know what? We're here for a reason. Let's just look. We're here for a reason. <laughs> just look. Just look. But your reason was to take a breath. And I'm like trying to get a quick little workout in too. Like, let's just get up this freaking yeah, cliff. Just keep sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was a journey. I'm not gonna lie, the second time when you decided to stop, I was quite happy you did. Yeah. Because I did have to catch my breath. <laughs> It's like, yeah, all right, let's, mean, let's wait. Yeah, I mean, it was tiring, for sure. <laughs> so we got up to the cliff. We went back to the hotel, and they had a beautiful, um, you know, up on the rooftop pool mm-hmm. that we were sitting there. And then, you know, we all ordered drinks and stuff. We ordered food, and I'll, I'll never forget, I ordered a blue margarita. And uh, everybody tasted it, you know, so, uh, you know. Yeah, got, we got three different drinks. Yeah, we got three different drinks. We wanted to try them all, their little samples and stuff. It was fun. We were having a good time. Got into the pool there. And me and Rocco were in the pool and stuff, and we were laughing and giggling and stuff. It was getting, you know, it was pretty warm. It wasn't, it wasn't too cold at that uh, point in time. The pool was warm. The pool was warm. Yeah, it was a yeah, heated, it was pool, heated yeah. pool. So it was a big difference between the sea, obviously. But uh, once I got out of the pool, that's where everything went down. So I got out of the pool, and I literally started spinning. My head, when I say spinning, I'm talking, I felt like I was going probably 100 to 200 miles an hour. And I could not stop. We thought you were joking. I, 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 we, we honestly did. Because remember, you were sitting down flat. And then yeah. you sat up. And you go, hold on, I'm spinning. And you and I, Rocco, we looked at each other. We're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, maybe he's just joking, whatever. I don't know why. Because you know what? And I stood up. I thought maybe if I got out of the sun, maybe I was just, hot, you know, I was like, is it the sun? Am I, I was trying to get to the shade. Yeah. And that's when I stood up. And I tried to walk over across the way to the shade where that sofa was. And that's where I fell down. I, I, I couldn't control myself. The slight movement of my neck felt like my head was falling off my head. Yeah. It, was, it was the most bizarre feeling. And if anybody's had an aggressive attack of vertigo, man, I, I, I feel for you. I'm sorry. I've been there now. And I know what it's about. And it ain't fun. I don't wish it on anybody. Not my worst enemy. Mm-mm. And, um, you know, unfortunately at the time, I didn't know what I was going through. In fact, I thought I was drugged. Yeah, well, that's what we thought because originally when we looked at you your eyes will not stop shattering left and right left and right like they were speeding like we thought something had gone wrong and Rocco and I were kind of just looking at each other and we're like all right we got to take care of him yeah and you know Brock I know it was like a scary moment for you like what like how did you feel when this was all going down when your dad was just kind of 
Been well, taken down. At first, I thought I was kind of just like him messing around with us because I was like, I, I was giggling. Like, I was like, it was like, I, I wasn't. I was, we, yeah, we were giggling all morning. We were having a good time. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So I thought I was just like one of those moments where, oh, dad trying to be funny. Yeah, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case, no. man. Yeah. I, when, when I knew from the neck down, I was, uh, my heart, my, my head, my head couldn't stop spinning. When I closed my eyes, it kept spinning. I didn't know what was going on. And like I said, I thought I got drugged. I thought somebody gave me something. I knew something wasn't right. That I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then I became, I started vomiting and projectile. Like I felt like there was a demon inside of me. Yeah. It was the most, I've never thrown up like that in my life. Yeah. I'm, I've never seen that much throw up in my life. You know, and to know that everybody was walking around the pool area staring at me with their phones out and everything else, I became on display. Yeah, well, Kylie was there at the time. I remember, she came up just before that, and I think Rocco, you were almost starting to fight with some like a group of four kids, oh, yeah, four guys. There was a bunch of guys just videoing and laughing. And I think I yeah, like, you were about to go over and start brawling, and then Kylie stopped you from that yeah, because it was emotions were high. We yeah. didn't know what was going on. I was trying to take care of you with like as much as I could, trying to calm the storm because their lifeguard didn't know what he was doing. I do remember him coming over and and Kylie saying, "Take his, take his, you know, his um, vitals." And he said, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I've never done this before in my life. Yeah. He, he's like, he, he brought out. The but he's blood. their lifeguard. Yeah. He yeah. brought it out. He's like, I, I have no idea what to do. I don't know. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. But luckily, like, I'm first aid, CPR, AED certified for my job. Very thankful. So for I was that. like, all right, let me take your blood pressure. It seemed normal. Right. I just, but nothing made sense because your eyes were going crazy. You were shaking. You're, you're, you're vomiting. Like you, you could barely breathe. Your breathing was accelerating. Yeah. So something was going on. Yeah. You know, and at the point, you know, I didn't know if I was just dehydrated and I was like, listen, just, you know, get me to the room. Let me lay down. They wanted to bring me to the hospital right away. I was for some reason, you know, my sixth sense have always been right. I, it just really has. And for some reason, I did not want to go to the hospital. The EMS and, had come, yeah. And, you know, and, and originally you, they wheeled me into the bed, into my to my room, into the bedroom. And they brought a doctor to me where they were going to give me an IV. And when the guy showed up. I was so pale and white. He said he was not going to issue me the IV. I needed to, we needed to call an ambulance. Remember yeah. That, yeah, that. So ambulance shows up and, um, Oh, that was a, that was a journey to get you to the ambulance. Yeah. Well, you can talk about that. Yeah. Cause I was out of it at that point. Cause my, I remember my eyes being covered because the light was bothering me so much. Any, any type of movement with you, even if you were laying down flat, yeah. turned over, you, your body would just start shaking. You, you you couldn't control anything. So I remember we had to like, slowly move you to a seated position and then get you to lift because they wanted to bring the dolly in but they couldn't get around the bend of that room so they had to bring the wheelchair and then to get you onto the wheelchair get you downstairs and then get you to the lobby where they had the gurney but then to get you onto that that was a whole process and th this was in the middle of the lobby like people are around like it was a lot well, I do remember they couldn't get me lifted no up. we we had, we had uh, to drop very, the listen Italians in Italy are not big Italian. They're small. <laughs> they're not like New York. <laughs> Rocco used to say that when we were out there. Yeah, there's no fat people. There's no fat people in Italy. <laughs> For some reason, Ita you guys think Italians are all fat. No. Me? Yeah, I might be one of those little <laughs> fluffier Italians, I'll call myself. But, um, you know, the reality is everything over there is farm to table. And, um, and Better food, yeah. Yeah, this different, it's a different type. So they're all small and skinny and thin and... You know, so they had to round up a bunch of people once they put me on this gurney to get me into the ambulance. And all I remember was I didn't know if I'm having a brain aneurysm at that. I don't know what's going on. Panic, I, panic said. But it, yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely panic. And 
I, di- I didn't, all I knew is I was going to the hospital. They were putting me in a, um, ambulance and away I was going, but they wouldn't let you guys go. No. So do you I remember, remember Kylie was trying to get in and they wouldn't well, let me go. Yeah. So it became a point where, you know, we had to really kind of designate who was going. So Rocco, I mean, I know emotions were high cause it was, you know, you've seen your dad like this. You've never seen him weak like this. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you know, emotions were high for sure. So we talked about, okay, well, Rocco, we're not going to let Rocco go. Kylie's what, four months pregnant at this time, five yeah. months pregnant. Yeah. Like five months. Yeah. So we're like, we're not letting her go. You got your 74 year old mother, 78, 70, excuse me, 78 year old yeah. mother. I'm like, yeah, Nana's not, Nana's not going. Right. Pam is still panicking as well. She's like freaking out. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is me. I'm trying to get in the back of the ambulance and they have a rule in Italy. You can't, you can't have anyone else in the ambulance with you. Right. Anyone. Yep. So then it became a term when I turned to Rocco and I, li- I think, I do you remember this? I don't know if you remember this when the shock, but I grabbed you by the shoulders and I looked at you. We were, we, we were, we were, we were still like in the, next to the room, right? No, no, that was another time. Yeah, but that was another time. But the, um, it was downstairs in the lobby when I kind of just turned to you and I was like, hey, this is a time where I'm going to need you to step up real, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I watched Kylie and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember this. Yeah. So I told him, I was like, you need to protect Kylie. That's my first and foremost, my most worry. Obviously, I'm worried about Phil, but I got, you got to protect Kylie. You got to bring her stress down. You got to protect Nana and Pam. You got to be the man right now. So I said, I'm going to go with your dad, and then you're going to protect everyone here. And you you kind of looked at me with, with fear, but you also were like, all right, I'm time to step up. And I was proud of you for that, man. Mm-hmm. I was real proud of you. That's good. I, I'm proud of everybody because the outcome, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you at all. But, yeah. you know, so I'm you know I'm in the ambulance, and I remember the guy trying to stick a needle in my arm and, and put the IV. I thought he was going to put a bag on me knowing that I was dehydrated from throwing up and stuff. Of course, I'm in my swim trunk, so I'm yeah. still wet. Yeah. And I'm frozen. You know, I'm, I'm shivering, and I don't know what's going on. And this guy can't find a vein. Now, I'm veiny as hell. You guys all see me, you know, and stuff. Like, yeah, it's not too hard to find a vein, and, and this guy was struggling to do that. And, of course, I'm still spinning. I have not stopped spinning at this point in time and everything. And all of a sudden, this guy's starting to put my uh, needle in, um, which he goes for the second time and my bed starts moving and I shift out and I hit the back of the doors yeah. and one of the door flies open. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this, <laughs> you saw this. Oh no. Well, this, you at, were this, running, po- at right? this point, cause they, they told me where the hospital was and the lane ways to take. So I was like, fuck, he's going to get there before me. So I took off. I, t- I, I grabbed bags. I took off running. It wasn't until after I found out when I talked to Kylie about this that apparently as soon as you had set off, the ambulance set off, your whole chair, boom, hit the back of the ambulance and boom, flew open. Yeah. And they had to stop and pause. And they had basically, okay, we got to go out, reset it, close the doors, lock you in, and then go from there. Yeah. uh, You know, and fortunate, the one door didn't pop open, and that's what kept me inside the ambulance. (laughs) I'd have been out in the middle of the road, man. Yeah, they was... from there, we should have known. Okay, something's different. Yeah, something's going on. Well, there. and then at that point, they stopped the stopped the ambulance, and they came in and they tied me down. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on this gurney, and I'm tied down. I got a, a a towel over my head, so I can't see nothing. Yeah, and all I can do is hear and smell. And of course, everything I'm hearing is in Italy. You know, you know, so Italian, I should say. And I'm and. I don't speak Italian, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So I don't have any clue of what he's saying. And he's trying to stick me with his needle still, you know, in and outside my arm, mm-hmm. 
which eventually he he got it in there and it didn't feel good. I ain't gonna lie. I've had my blood taken many times. I've done IV therapy. I go once a month just to get vitamins and stuff in me. I've never had really any issues, but uh, this one didn't feel right. It felt different and it was burning and I didn't know it was because I was going through what I was going through. And of course I had a lot of anxiety, but I know I pulled into the uh, hospital and I was in the ambulance and I felt like I was there forever. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because what had happened originally do you know, you remember they had the festival going on? Yes. It was Easter. I remember hearing that. Yes. They were walking, marching. Doing they were marching, marching and, and it was a very religious ceremony yeah. and there was religious music being played. So that must have freaked you out as well, just hearing that. Oh, yeah. I thought I was, like, I mean, I thought. You saw crosses at the side of your windows. Like it was. It, it was, well, and I know, I knew that was coming because when we pulled into the hospital, you were already there. I beat you guys to the hospital. Yeah, that was amazing. Like, I'm I, like, how did he, but I knew they had to stop and get me re yeah you know tied I, down and I, everything. I mean I, I took off to the alleyways i actually ran past the hospital and had to double back because I, I couldn't find my way got there didn't see any ambulance pull in i was like damn this is the wrong hospital i was freaking out and then about two minutes later you guys pull in but then <laughs> they all got out of the, the ambulance except for you and they walked in the er like entrance whatever and just like they kind of power walked in came back out about five minutes later just slowly walking didn't say a word. Yeah, no, I mean, I sat there forever. And then 45 it, minutes. 40, was it 45, 45 minutes? You were about 45 wow. minutes to an hour sitting yeah. in the ambulance, upset, like obviously didn't know what was going on. I remember looking. I could have died. I could have been dying right there they had, they, they, in front they of them. They didn't care. care. And I knew right then and there, I was thankful that I saw you when you came to me because I could hear your voice. And you're like, I'm here, I'm here, Phil. And then Because they, they actually locked the door. Yeah. Of the side of the ambulance. They locked it because they went off to smoke a cigarette. Oh, wow. That's... So I couldn't get in. So I was kind of talking to you through the window. And I've got like security looking at me. Like I'm talking to this ambulance. The ambulance people are down at the end watching the parade. They're smoking cigarettes. There's no hospital people coming in. I'm like, where's the answers? What's going on? Yeah. So that's the b very bizarre. And I, and I remember freezing. I remember chilling. I remember you saying, are you still spinning? I'm like, yes, I can't move. I, I couldn't get my body up. I could not control my legs, my arms. I couldn't move if I wanted to. Yeah. And that was the scariest part about what I was going through because I was spinning everything. Thank God I couldn't throw up anymore, but I knew I was dehydrated. I knew I needed a bag, which they had this needle in my arm, but they never put a, a bag on No, it was just so a line. They didn't it was, put yeah, they just, Right. So I remember you saying, hey, you know, we're going to get you in there and get you a room and stuff. And then... I guess in time they wheeled me in and I just assumed I was in a room, but when they wheeled me in, all I did was hear people and smell cigarette smoke constantly. And I'm sitting there and I waited for a little bit and it, and it seemed like an hour went by or a long time went by. And I got to a point where I was getting, I was, I was actually, cause I could hear people and I was like raising, like I was trying to raise my hand, but I couldn't get my hand up. So I was like, help me like i was yelling help me thinking at least they know the word help you know in italian and unfortunately people were walking by me and kind of i felt like they were laughing going like americana americana you know and stuff and everything and i didn't know where i was but i knew i wasn't in a good spot and i could smell smoke and i could hear noise and i knew nobody around me until you showed up you well know. yeah because the way that er worked there there was a there was a sliding door, almost like a prison sliding door that opened, but it was obviously you had a certain tag you had to scan so to get into that. And there was a little window by the side that there was never someone there, like never. You had to shout into that window into the back and someone would come and let the or ambulance people through or whatever. But then beyond that, there was another sliding door. 
So there's two sliding doors back to back. And you could only get past one if you had a tag and the second one you could press a button. So I remember I was waiting out there, waiting out there. I could see when they pulled you through that when they opened those two doors, I could see you in the hallway. You're in the hallway. Wow. And see, and I didn't know that. It's funny because I remember when you did show up and I asked you because you're like, man, you're still here. And I'm like, dude, am I in a cafeteria? I felt like I was in a cafeteria because I kept smelling all odd smells and hearing all this noise. And you're like, no, you're in the hallway. You were just past that second door to the left. Like you, you didn't even make it close to the start of the hallway, honestly, of the emergency room. They had just wheeled you in and put you beside that second door. And that had been hours. How long was I sitting there? about, About two and a half hours. Now I know the whole time I was there was about a day and a half, almost two days. I know I was there a long time. So obviously I lost track of time. I just realized that, you know, I was sitting there biting my tongue because I was trying to create saliva so I could drink. I was I was dying at yeah. first, and I, I didn't have anything. Well, they, they didn't have any. They, they still had, hadn't had a bag on me. They had no bag point. in you at this point. And then finally, they got to a point where like, all right, let's take care of them. And I remember looking through, because when I got through to you originally. When you came in, that's when I re- recall, because I was like, they don't care about me here. They haven't seen me, and they still don't even have a bag. I got this needle in me with no IV and nothing, n- connected. nothing connected the to blood, it. The blood so, had dried in that... Um, whatever needle you had in it, the blood is like, like dark red in it. Like, so it it dried up. So Uh they must've changed it when you were still in the hallway. Yeah. And then put a bag on you. Finally, I don't know, three hours later, but it wasn't a bag that puts fluids in me. It actually took fluids out of me. Yeah. It wasn't set up right. It was weird. It It was a weird, I don't don't know what it was. Cause at that point, that was the first time I got kicked out cause uh I was in the hallway and they were like, you can't be in the hallway, blah, blah, blah. They were like, Oh, we have all these rules. So I wanted to play like, okay, like that's fine. Just make sure he gets taken care of. Make sure like, I want to know what's going on. And that was the first time like the head nurse came out to me and talked to me and said, listen, we've got him now. We're going to take care of him. And she spoke a little English. So that's when I, you know, they, they wheeled me into this room, I guess. Uh, again, I can't see all I can do is smell and hear, but uh, I have a bag on me. I don't know. I'm assuming it's you know, I'm getting fluids. I find out I'm, they put it like a direct that's taking fluids out of me at yeah. that point in time. And I'm sitting there for hours. Now I got to urinate. I got to go to the bathroom. I gotta, nobody's checking on me. No nothing. Nurse. And there's no nurse. There's nobody around. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. And then six, seven hours later, um, you know, when you busted back in and you showed up and you're like, oh, my God, here you are. And you said, you know, my bag had blood in it, you know, and yeah. stuff, because I guess after it you know after it uh, you know goes empty it acts as a vacuum and starts sucking your yeah. blood back up back, and you're back saying had blood straight back open you know and at that point in time you're like wow they really don't they really haven't checked on you and i'm like no man they're they're leaving me here to die and i remember man i i kept because you know i watch i follow some people like david goggins and stuff like that rocco always you know he's always sending me tiktoks and stuff with him and everything and you know i just kept telling myself you know you don't know me, son. You know, I got to stay alive. You know, I'm trying to stay alive here in my head because honestly, that wasn't in your head. You, you were talking that No, you, I was, you, you were talking to yourself half the me, time. I, I had a lot of talks with God. We, we got real close through this journey. And the truth of the matter is, you know, I thought, is this where it's going to end? Like, am I going to die here in Italy? Like I just had the time of my life with my family and now this is the story. They're going to go home and say, man, Phil died. And like this, it was horrifying. Like I, and I, and I wasn't going to let that happen because I got too much left to do, man. And I'm, I do have a passion for life. I do. It's not that I'm uh well, I guess I am a little still afraid of dying, but I, I enjoy life. Like I really do. And I just feel like I got, I got a lot more. I'm just getting started. I really just feel that way. 
But at the time when you came in, you saw the blood, you're like, there's blood. And that freaked me out because again, I can't see nothing. So I hear it and I'm like, oh shoot. Yeah. You know? And, and I remember you like, you know, you got the nurse and all to come over and to change it. And I guess she put this, another direct on me, another bag that takes more fluids out of she me. Did the same, same thing. And they did, they weren't explaining anything to us. They didn't say like what you had done before, like where you had gone, if they had taken you for scans or anything. So, they, you know, the one thing I got to say, Kian, and you know, you, you obviously I love you, you're my son-in-law and all, but you know, what you did for me during that time frame, you really leveled up. I mean, and you know, I had to go to the bathroom, Kian, you know, you, you know, you're finding a garbage pail, you got me pissing and stuff and everything. And yeah. that's embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? But it was needed. And, you know, you didn't think nothing of it. You, you made it happen. And, uh, you know, your passion and your love that you showed for me was, was obvious. And I, and I remember saying the one point to you, I was like, man, thank you so much for this. And I think you made a comment to me and, and mark me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember this really, you like, well, I have to, because your daughter is, <laughs> she can't come in here. So I have to be her eyes and ears. Yeah. And in order for her to be healthy, you have to be healthy <laughs> because it was stressing her out and the baby too. Yeah. I, was, something that I, said, I, I think it was something along the lines. I'm like, yeah, I can't let you go because then it's going to affect Kylie's health and it's going to then affect my daughter's health. So I'm like, this is like a, a domino effect. So it starts with you. So let's get you better. So wherever the motivation came for, thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, when I, like when I went in there first, I was shocked because the room that you were in was not a private room. There was four other people in that room or three other people at the time. Right. And when I walked in, it, it smelled like you said, of cigarettes, but you didn't see there's dry blood on the walls. There's like dirt in the corners. There's spider webs in the, like in the well, curtains. That walls. explains the septus that I, that I got. Well, I mean, you know, what's crazy. You know, in hospitals here in America, like when you take an injection, I take a needle out, there's a special box, like, uh, a chemical box yes. that you put them in. Yeah. That chemical box was an open, like regular trash can you find in like Walmart. Yeah. By your bed. Right. Right by the exit. So anytime Crazy. people like they would take their gloves off, throw it against the wall, it would splatter blow, whatever. It was right beside you. Well, the guy that blew this, I because I, I remember smelling the cigarette smoke. The guy he, that he lit the smoke up in the room. He lit, then, yeah. As he was walking out. The yeah. Doctor. He like threw the cigarette. Away. It was bizarre. Yeah. You know? And then when when we were, I was back there. This is this is the second time I got back. They wheeled someone in in a panic, and it was a rush. And I remember pulling the curtain because I was like, "Shit! Like I don't want to get kicked out of here to like make sure that you're okay." And they wheeled this guy in, and he, you know, he you could smell him. Like he, he may have been homeless or through a tough time or whatever he has, but he came in and he was missing half of his leg, and it was all taped up. Yeah. And it was taped up big time. Like there was blood. There was there was a lot of stuff going on. He was crying. There was another woman like screaming in the corner, praying. I think in Italian, like she was crying out. And they remember like pulling the curtain back, looking at me, being like, "And there's while this this nurse is looking at me, she kind of just staring at my eyes, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, I'm not fucking, I'm not moving." And that's and, when she kicked you out. And that that's when no, that's not. She didn't kick me out. She starts shouting in Italian. I'm I'm like holding onto the bed, and I'm like, I'm not moving. And they start bringing in things like for surgery, like into the room. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? and then this like six six security guard comes in. And like, I've seen I've seen some big security guards in my past. Like, <laughs> like talk about big security in Poland. They're they're big skinheads. But like, this guy came in and he just went straight for me. Like wow. they said, this guy grabbed me by the scruff of the neck, pulled, and I didn't move. So then he knew, okay, he's putting up a fight. And I was trying to explain to him, like, no, 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 no. All he I remember is I hearing you 
that you had to go. And I was like, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Me. I know. I'm I go, Ken, yeah. I'm going to die here. Don't leave me. And you said, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, I got and turfed so. out real, real and that, nice. And that's when the lady said she was going to take me back for a CT scan. Because I remember that piece. And you're like, I'll be back. I'll be back. And they wheeled me back for the CT scan. And that's where it got real. Um, unfortunately for me, the only thing that I could hear and understand, because I couldn't move. I physically could not move. In fact, they tried when they went to get me to onto the CT scan, they said, get over here. And I'm like, I can't move. I'm still spinning. Like, I, I don't even know how to, you know, how to, how to get my legs up and stuff. So they brought in three or four people and they basically leaned me up, slid a, you know, a, a piece of board underneath me yeah. and, and got me over onto the machine and threw it. And all I heard was brain surgery that I would need brain surgery and they're going to do brain surgery. And I freaked out. That's when I was crying. I was, I was calling from a Karen. I was like, I want Karen. I want, uh, I want my translator. Yeah. You know, I was like, because she, I didn't know what yeah. they were saying. All I made out was brain surgery and they were laughing. I mean, literally they were laughing and I'm telling you, I'm not making this up in my head because I lived it and it was devastating because I thought, shoot, they cut me open. It's all over. Like, you know, and I had all, I thought about all these horror stories in Mexico and things you hear about people, you know, getting their kidneys sold and all, you know, everything else. And here I am. And I'm thinking they don't care about me. They haven't even checked on me. I mean, they put an IV in me and it ended up, you know, with blood in it. They never came. I'm peeing myself. Like they, they yeah. don't care. And uh, I was scared to death and they wheeled me back in and I was so thankful you made your way again back yeah, in. Yeah, this was, this was post that surgery that they did in the big room that they had, which in, and I remember doing the same thing, waiting for the two, two double doors. It was like prison break. It was like two double doors to open at a certain time. And then just to walk in with like another nurse, like someone different didn't know me or do, it's kind of hard not to like, to blend in when I'm mm. six, three tall, pasty white guy, <laughs> you know, but, um, and I've got like, ham at least you're European. Looking. Yeah. Yeah. At was, least this, European. Was, this, was this after I brought you a burger? This was before, this oh. is before you guys. So this is all like the chaos that ensued like throughout that night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because you guys were still at the hotel. I was trying to text you guys cause I had your phone. My phone didn't work over there. Right. I was texting Kylie and I was like trying to give her updates and she's like, What's his blood pressure? She's sending all her details back to our our home nurse over here. Shout out to Miranda Dressel. Big shout out. To Big her. shout out to Miranda Dressel, our emergency room uh, nurse that we we rely on for anything. She's over here in Northside for Scythe. Um, but yeah, this was way before that rock. This is before anything communication wise. And I remember getting back there and they wheeled you back in and then you were just so thankful that I was in that room. Oh yeah. But I was kind of like, Oh holy crap. Like this room has gotten so much worse. Like we don't know. They're not explained. They didn't come down and tell us anything about results. Right. Like where you were. All I knew is they said brain surgery. When you came out, I was like, Ian, you got to get me out of here. And that's when I said, I made the decision that, and I was trying to get in my head where I could stop spinning so I could literally pull this needle on my arm and walk out of there. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop spinning. And I was like, Ken, you got to get me out of here. I don't care what you, and I remember you say, can you get in a wheelchair? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't move, but you can throw me in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like do what you got to do to get me in that wheelchair. Cause that, that night, was it, was it later that night you guys showed up then with Karin, Kylie, not everyone showed up, Nana and Rock. This, 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 when we, when we were leaving. No, that was, the, was that the next day? It was, it was, it was the next day. It was because we brought you the burger in the afternoon, kind of. Yeah, it was the next and afternoon. The, cause, in the morning. Yeah. It was like actually in the morning. It was, it was probably like 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And then that night is when we left. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because at that point in time when I said that, and I remember you came back in with Karen, and she started giving hell. I could hear her oh, talking was, to people and everything. She was going off. And, that was, uh, and she threw a pen in my hand and said, here, sign this real quick. Scribble your name. She's like, we're signing him out. He's signing himself out because well, no, yeah, they weren't going to let us they go. Were, they weren't going to discharge you. Right. They, they weren't going to let you because they said, even if you sign, you can't leave. And that's when we were, me and Karen were just like, well, like no, we're we're leaving. You guys are not taking care of them. You're doing surgeries right beside them. You're not t telling us anything. Like you clearly, half of you speak English, right. and like you're able to translate because we've communicated back and forth. And like there's like the the deplorable standards of the hospital there was insane. There was no vending machine. There's there's no water. Um, uh, what's it called uh, water fountains. Tap, fountains? Nothing. Like I couldn't get a, a cup of water. I had to go to the bathroom, fill up a little cup, and from the faucet. Crazy. Wow. But like. And like it was just disgusting. And I remember trying to um, get to that point to get you out. And I was then kicked out for the, I don't know, fourth time by the whole nursing staff and security guard again because I was kind of going off a little bit. I was tired. I hadn't slept either. I was like, all right, all right, I'm stressing out about this now. We're getting them out. I took all your stuff, your sleep pap, everything. Because that the sleep paps won't actually that the help sleep pap is what kept me alive. Yeah. I'm not going to thank God you brought you could, that because yeah. I felt like I was getting some oxygen. At least, yeah. you know what I mean? And stuff that was really the only thing that I really had that was helping me, Yeah, you know, because the fluids are coming out of me. But I remember after McCarran, she, you guys got me in that wheelchair and said, listen, you know, we're taking them. And you said, we got a van outside. We're going to drive three hours to Rome. We're going to get you to Rome. We'll get yeah. you some better health care. What was that like when you guys were setting up the van at the hotel? Because oh. you had to get all the bags. Yeah. No, I had to get all the bags. Oh, you had to get all the bags. Yes, because the lady... Remember the lady left? Oh no 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 no! So, yeah, the lady left. And, like the front desk lady left. So and I was like calling the phones. And at the time, we were already out of our rooms. Like we already like paid and everything. And the bags were upstairs. And so no, like we I we couldn't find anyone to come get our bags. So I had to literally wheel all the bags into an elevator. Seventeen bags. Yeah, you're saying <laughs> this is not. A, I mean, you got a bunch of bags. I had seventeen, 17 bags. bags. <laughs> and I couldn't find the elevator. I put them in the elevator and I went to the you know the that single elevator. Uh -huh. Yeah, we got it's like in the in the back. It's like the for the uh, the room service elevators, like the, the looking lids. I so, went, yeah. I went in the single elevator, took the elevator down, met the other elevator with our bags in it at the bottom of the floor. <laughs> got all the bags. So I had to take multiple trips. So I was like in a hurry. So I just took them. I just took them all out, loaded them up. Played Jesus. Tetris, yeah. Yes. Playing Tetris with the van. Oh my god! And luckily, that one dude. What was his name? Oh, the driver. The driver's name from. From uh, uh, don't look at me. No, I can't I'm not help looking you at you. on that one. We had to help set, on that yeah, one. it was a three, three, um, three was, was it Mario? tier. Mario sounds from it. Yeah, I think it was Mario because it was a three tier van. So, like, there was the front seat that had three seats, the middle seats that had three seats that you were laying you down. Guys so laid we had me to down keep down you flat, and then Kylie, Rocco, and myself in the back. Well, I will say one thing about Rocco the one good thing that you packed. Was the damn neck pillow. I remember I've had this yeah. neck pillow. You know, you fly in airplanes, you know, you have those little neck pillows. Well, I had this neck pillow for many, many years. I never used it. I always thought it was goofy. I don't know. It just didn't feel right on me when I when I used it and stuff. And I remember leaving before we were packing and Rockle said, hey, Dad, do you want me to bring this pillow? And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that's okay. And Rockle's like, you know what? I'm going to take it. And I'm like, all right, go ahead, son. Rockle, thank God you took that pillow. That pillow freaking saved my life because by putting that, that pillow around my neck it kept my neck from shaking mm -hmm. especially that three and a half ride to to rome and stuff when we got there 
um, which was huge. And, you know, laying me down in that one thing. And I know you guys were piled up. I got Key and Kylie and Rock on the back. And my mom oh, and my yeah. sister, and you know, driver in the front and stuff with McCarran and our translator. And no, no, the bags you, are packed up. People had bags on their laps and everything else. And, you you missed this one thing. And I don't know if you remember this because you were pretty out of it. But remember we got to Rome and there was a certain street that we took. Oh, the red light? The, it was through the red light district of Rome. Oh, and and Phil was like, he was laying down flat. He had his eyes covered. And, and we finally heard something. He finally laughed. Yeah, he, he he, that was the first reassurance that you gave the family that you were that he was okay. Because <laughs> Karen was in the front and goes, Rocco. She goes, yeah. He goes, she goes, do you know what the red light district is? And he's like, no. And she goes, see that corner right there, the bus stop? And he goes, yeah. He goes, see those two women on the side? <laughs> he goes, yeah. She goes, doesn't look a little bit too cold to be wearing those type of things. He goes, yeah. Goes, well, I'm going to let you use the imagination for the rest. And Rocco's, Rocco's eyes lit up. He's, he's grinning ear to ear. Kylie's got her head, hand, her head in her hands like, oh, my God. And then you just hear this little, oh, where are they? Like from <laughs> Phil. Like <laughs> He's like, oh, Rocco, what? He's, dude, you got to tell me exactly what it was like. And he's like, that's a little giggle. Yeah. And that was the first time I think you gave everyone in the van like reassurance that, I'm alive. Oh, he's he's alive. He's still he's still with it. He's still here. Like part of Phil's still here. Mm -hmm. right. Um, and then when we got to Rome, that's when Corinne had it all set up. Where yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. So getting getting into hotel room there. Obviously, I wasn't going to go to hospital in Rome. No. I said bring the doctor to me. Corinne did that. Kudos again. Big shout out to her. Doctor coming to me and stuff. And that's really when I started to get, I stopped spinning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I finally got to canceled, sleep. You canceled on the doctor. You know, I found, yeah, the second time, yeah, I didn't want, because I, I started, I was relaxed. Well, yeah, that's what, yeah, when you got you to know? the room, how, what was the difference like for you? Well, being in a room, number one, I knew, I knew I had help. Rocco was there with me. You guys were there with me, coming in, checking on me. I had, you know, I could go to the bathroom. I had quiet. people helping me. It was quiet. I could sleep. I didn't, I wasn't worried about somebody cutting my brain open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and stuff, going to do brain surgery on me and stuff. Um, and I would sleep for 11, 12 hours. Rocco would order room service. It was pitch dark. We kept it black because at that point in time, you guys had done a lot of research on vertigo and what to do and try to help and stuff. I remember uh, Kylie even calling Dominique, you know, oh, with yeah. physical therapist, Dominique FaceTime. Shout out to Dominique Big Burry. shout out to Dominique Burry. Um, giving us some exercises to do to try to realign these crystals which I believe worked at the time because I was messed up. Night and day. And and yeah. I did get better after doing some of that, yeah. those exercises. Better is a, a strong word because of where you were at the True. point. It was a point where you were manageable to you could sit up, you could you could bathe yeah. yourself. You oh, could, I, you, I was able to take a cane and walk to the bathroom yeah. and, and go to the bathroom yeah. and stuff, which was, was huge. My balance obviously was still all over the place, but I could hold on to the wall and follow the wall to the bathroom. I, I, I was the cane, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, was the cane, I, was the cane. I was the cane. I was holding on to Rocco. You were the cane. You made a good cane, son. I'm very, very thankful for that. That's, that's one thing definitely like from the trip that you should take, like, when Rocco obviously maturing and stepping up in that way, Kylie too as well. Obviously, Kylie's a lot. A lot Everybody older. did. Everybody yeah. did. But to really like, even when we went out in Rome, like while you were still resting, yeah, it was all like everyone was worried about making sure like Kylie was on the phone about vitals to Miranda. Like we we're making sure okay we get everything set up. Nana was like asking questions to Karin. She. Rocco was texting us, giving us updates. Like Pam had flown back at this point. Right. She'd already flown back, so she was communicating. Everyone was kind of like it was like Team Phil getting getting the plan together. Right. For the return. Well, and I was very thankful. And Rocco staying by my side, man. Yeah. It was it was 
like I said, you know, we, we shared a lot of conversations and stuff, but the fact that you were very, um, responsive to my situation and being there for me was, was huge, you know, and I knew you, I knew it was scary because I'd never been like this before, you know, and, and to the point where I wasn't able to walk and stuff and, you know, you were very, you were very gentle with me. So I, th I thank you for that stuff. And not to mention, you made sure I had tiramisu all the time, some, <laughs> some dessert with my, with my lunches and stuff and helped me out. But you know, after about the third day, that's when I started getting better and better and better. And then it was time to go. It was time to get on the flight and, and head home. And unfortunately I felt, you know, and the doctor said, Hey, you know, you got a, it's a 50, 50 shot getting on a plane. You could, you know, spiral this vertical back again, start spinning. Um, but uh, so I felt like I really needed a couple more days there. And that's when I knew Key and you had to get back from work. And, you know, my, you know, my mom was there and Kylie was there. And I, and I said, hey, you know, you go back with Kylie and my mom. I'll stay with Rocco and Karen, and, uh, you know, a few more days. And that's when that was not going to happen. That, that was not a, yeah, <laughs> that, that was not a point of conversation because rocco you I looked at so, me i was so mad you like when i had that moment with you in sorrento when i looked you was like hey you need to do this like mm -hmm. that that look i gave you you gave me that same look when you looked at me he's like i'm not i'm not leaving i'm not leaving my dad here i'm not leaving him alone like remember, i'm staying i remember you wanted to just leave kylie you want you wanted you wanted i remember you wanted me nana and keen to go back and you wanted to leave kylie no 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 i said you it was always you. It, no, no, you. I, no, it was always you. Know, yeah, Kylie was pregnant. Yeah, he wanted to send Kylie, but it was always you. Nana. But they were afraid. They said, you know, Rocco's a little nervous. He's still young. You know, he's scared. Doesn't want to be here long. And, and it all made sense at the end. At the end of it all, you know, it was like, you know what? We're gonna ride together. Let's go. So we're gonna do this. So I told that, hey, we're we're going. Yeah, we're going we, we, had to, we had to kind of have a strong conversation with you, like, hey, Phil, it's yeah. time to book up. This yeah, is, this is happening. And it did. And let me tell you yeah. what, you had the wheelchair. I, I felt like Stevie Wonder running through the airport. Oh, yeah, I had Gucci glasses. Remember <laughs> Kylie's Gucci new brand new Gucci glasses yeah. that you bought her um, on because the light was bothering me. I had the neck pillow. We gotta have a photo of you that know. somewhere, don't we? Yeah, we yeah. got yeah. photos. I'm sure you guys took yeah. a photo of me. I had Kylie's show me but go listen and, and again shout out to karen because you know going through uh you know the security and through customs it was a whiz oh, yeah. like they didn't even they didn't mess they saw me and they're like let them through um honest to god like everything i had on me uh, who knows what i could have had on me but they let me through and i was very thankful for that yeah thank god i was flying delta one so yes i had a i had a bed so they laid me down and 14 hours later i back back to America and I get up, walk into the bathroom every, every other hour. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And, um, but you know, once I got to America, obviously my arm was, was blown up at this point in time. It was very red. I didn't know. Was it the gout that was in my elbow, my arm? Um, not quite sure because I hadn't taken any medicine at that point in time, but it was the least of my worries. My, my worries was the dizziness. Now all of a sudden I became where I wasn't dizzy anymore, but yet, um, my arm started blowing up and it was hot and I remember putting ice on it yeah. and it would melt the ice and the temperatures were ridiculously hot and got home and was like, you know, I'm going to go to the doctors right away. Of course, ended up going to the ER. Um, you guys brought me into the ER. Oh, yeah, and it, was stuff. About, it was about two days, two days no, it was later. The next day. It was the next day because I remember we got in that day and that day uh, I went was like to the, the doctor. It was like the next day at night. Was, yeah. Next day. Not, yeah. Because Kylie and I were going to go to, um, we we're going to go to dinner. And we were just like, all right, a lot's happened. Let's just I, go to I, dinner. I slept with him the one night because he was scared to sleep. Yeah, it was, the first, it was yeah. the first night we got home. And that's when 
I originally went to doctors. He gave me antibiotics yes. and stuff originally. And this and the, so yeah, I thought okay. I would get better with those and went home that night. And then there was the next morning, the next day when you guys showed up. Yeah. So it was, it was probably around six o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And we walked in. We, we were going to go to dinner and we said, you know what? Let's just go by your dad's house and check on him before we go to dinner. Because I got to get up at four in the morning for work. So I was like, I want to go to dinner, go over and then stay super late. And then oh, like, I need to sleep. Um, and we walked into the house and um, we remember seeing you and Kylie thought immediately like something's wrong. Like someone's died. Something, what's something happened. Cause you've got your, ha your head in your hands. You're on the couch here and you're sitting and your arm is like three times the size of the other one. Yeah. And it's hot and it's red. And you know, you were, you, you were stressing out about what was going on. And there was like a pool of water underneath you. And then you had a water bottle, like a like a regular water bottle underneath your forearm. Yeah. It was and fun. when you lifted it up, your forearm had molded to the shape of the bottle. Yeah. It had a huge like tennis ball dent in it. And you were like, I'm just gonna sleep it off. I'm just gonna sleep it off. Like I'll, I'll be fine. And Kyle and I were looking at each other like, mm -mm. and we FaceTime Miranda. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Miranda again yep. in the ER. And they were like, All right, bring them in. We gotta mark out where the redness is. And by the time we brought you into the ER, the redness had already spread past the your forearm or past the top of your arm up to your shoulder and into your chest. Yeah. And they said, if we didn't bring you in, if you didn't go to the hospital that night, there was a very strong chance that you wouldn't have beat the septus. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that. And, um, you know, be, going into the ER, I'll never forget sitting in there. Um, you know, they put me in the hallway and for it gives like round two. And I'm like, no, because these people are speaking English. They're coming and checking on me and everything. Um, and you know, yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. Shout out to Northside Hospital. They did a fantastic job yeah. working with me. And, and you know what? We, I have another perspective. You know, people, we go to the hospital. I'll never forget the first night there. Um, you know, my buddy Mike Dominicone showed up and yeah. he spent the first night with me um, because he didn't want any, you know, Kylie and you guys, everybody stress over everything. And it was super cool that he was there. But I remember him saying, well, you're not going to get no sleep tonight. They're going to come in every hour and poke at you and prick at you. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. You know, because I just, left a, on you. I just left a scenario where nobody gave a crap about me and just left me there to die. And now I got all these wonderful people that are coming in and actually care about me. And again, I have a fight for life. I wasn't ready to die. And unfortunately, the last person, my, my father, passed away with septus. Um, you know, he went under in surgery and was supposed to be a quick surgery and never woke up. So that still kind of resonated with me. And I was still very nervous and scared about that. So being in the hospitals those seven days, um, you know, pumping those antibiotics in me, they eventually put, um, you know, a home midline in me, which was like a port in my arm where I had to have daily IV therapy, you know, big shout out to Melissa Andrews, who was there every day taking, you know, doing my medicines there and Kylie and Kim both, they, they took turns coming in, giving me my uh, antibiotics daily. Um, did that for seven weeks before my arm, thank God, got to a point where they had the, um, the basically the, the septus into under control where they had, there's still a spot with my elbow. You still have vertigo at this point. I still have vertigo for sure, yeah. 100%, um, that I need it to go away because it's killing yeah, you, me right yeah. now still. But um, ended up uh, several weeks ago, they ended up having surgery on my elbow. Um, that was a freaky moment for me too because going under was the first time I had to go under since, again, my dad went under. Um, it, you know, I wanted to make sure I woke up. And it, it was anxiety. It was a lot of panic. But you know what? Again, thanks to all the love out there, all the support. Uh, I can't tell you all the people that commented on Facebook just praying for me and stuff. It just really 
uh, I do believe in prayer and it, and it really, really helped get me through those time frames. Um, waking up was a big deal for me. Um, uh, elbows healing up great right now, but yeah, I'm still spinning. I, I'm yeah. luckily I'm not spinning. I'm still dizzy. So I'm relearning my balance. Um, got, uh, you know, where I'm at today is, uh, got to go to a specialist on the 20th of this month. They've narrowed it down to, there's a 25% bone loss in my ear, which could have affected all this vertical to, to, uh, mm. you know, to, to hit and to, to do what it did. Um, right now my right side of my brain has to relearn the balance to help you know overturn some of the left side and been going to pt physical therapy doing all that and getting that all right and stuff but at the end of the day you know uh very blessed to be alive and thanks to my family you know and thanks to everybody out there praying and all the things that you did as well um you know we got through this but um you know there's lessons here there's lessons and I know my, 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 my journey here on earth is a lot bigger and a lot better now knowing that, um, I have a different appreciation for medical. I have a different appreciation for, um, thinking about when you travel, what you should think about, you know, the, 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 what ifs, you know, type of thing. And, um, yeah, big applause to all that, the what ifs and stuff, but keep in mind that um you know when you travel the what ifs you know what what kind of hospitals are near you you know can you speak can you communicate their language you need to know what's out there so i, I advise you when you're traveling make sure that you know what type of place you're you're close to so that you don't get into the same position that i did so i hope you enjoyed learning about the wham bam phil benamino italy episode and um you know, excited about our next episodes to come. So keep in mind, we got special guests coming in next week to discuss ways to make the impossible is possible. Why? Because I'm possible. Going to be an exciting episode. Thanks again for chiming in. Keep in mind, if you want to ask questions, for a future episode, subscribe to our channel and email questions to Phil at whambamspodcast.com. That's whambams, plural, podcast.com. Thank you. We're out. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Rocco, Thank for being here. Adios. This episode is sponsored by Cost Plus Processing, the number one processor in the country. Call Cost Plus Processing, 1-855-391-9190. And know why they're the future merchant processing.